Take your Bible and go into the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. And we're going to look at chapter number 1. We're going to start reading this morning at verse 18, and I'm going to preach down through verse number 31. I'm not going to ask you to stand. Sometimes I ask you to stand. That's a lot of reading. But one reason I want you to stand is simply because I'm just going to take off preaching it. And I don't want you to have to stand the whole time I'm preaching. Even though, even though you don't have that much pity sakes on me, I'm going to stand. Alright? I've been excited about getting to the house of God to be able to open the Word of God one more time. One of these days I'll preach my last sermon. I'll eat my last meal. I'll speak my last word. I'll shake my last hand. But until then, I'm going to give it the best I got. Amen? And I pray that you do the same. So in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, we'll start. And he says this, for the preaching. I like that right off. God on my side right there. For the preaching of the cross. Now it tells me what kind of preaching I'm to do. Preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Now we'll look at this verse before we go to another one. For the preaching. Amen. That's not just noise from the pulpit. That's what some people think it is. But the Bible said, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. Who are those who are perishing? Those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Those who have not been birthed into the family of God. Those who have not been uh, forgiven of their sin because they have not confessed their sin. Those who have not repented. Those who perish are those who are headed to hell when this life's over. And we've got multitudes. I don't know oh, how, how this is working, but I read a lot of obituaries. I like to read obituaries. I look to see if my name is there, and if it ain't there, I get up and go. Amen. I see these obituaries, and I know some of them. I know the life they've lived. I know the things they've done. And they said they slipped off into their heavenly home. And I think, and I ain't seen one yet. I have never seen an atheist on the post say, I didn't believe in a God. There ain't no God. I refuse to believe there's a God. And I just died. I ain't heard nobody do that. And seen nobody do that. You with me? Amen. Even the atheists are going somewhere, they think. Dress up and go nowhere, they think. Some of them. But he says here, those who perish, he said, what do they do? They think preaching of the cross is foolishness. What's foolishness? Simple word is silly. When I'm up here this morning, some people think I'm silly. 
Now, if you won't say amen and nod your head and smile, nobody will label you with that. But preaching of the cross is foolishness are silly to those who do not believe. To those who don't want God. To those who tell you out in the public, I don't have time for God. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to make the church part of my life. They laugh at you for being here. They laugh at you for trying to do right. They laugh at you because you proclaim and lift up. They'll laugh at you if you told them you sung in the choir. Understand. And it says, and I seen a semicolon there. That means Paul said, I got some more to say about that. But unto you or unto us which are saved, that means that those who perish are not saved are saved, it is the power of God. Amen. Now let me just tell you something. I don't know whether you've ever looked this up or not. I'm, I'm a studying on it right now. I, I'm a thinking about writing some little pamphlets on these. I hadn't done that in a while. On the power of God. Do you really know what the power of God is? Oh yeah, preacher. Well, I'll tell you what. Name a night this week that you'd like to teach that and I'll come over to your house and I'll bring some with me and I'll let you teach that to me. I like to go to church. Amen. Anyhow. Amen. Just tell me at the door when you leave today what night you're available. Amen. I better move on. You're getting quiet there. Amen. I got in a deep hole right there. All right. He said the power of God. He said to us are saved, it's the power of God. Now, Kim, I tell you what the power of God is to some degree. It's mentioned a lot in this chapter. Slide down to verse 24. The Bible said, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Gentiles, or Greeks, which are Gentiles. Christ, the power of God. Now we find out that Christ is the power of God. Right? What's the power of God? Christ. That's one thing. And then, not only in verse 24, not only is Christ the power of God, but He's also in the wisdom of God. Now what's the wisdom of God? You said the Bible. Well, what is the Bible? The written Word. Who's the Word? Jesus Christ. So the power of God is Christ. The wisdom of God is Christ. We're going to look at some other things. We're going to see as we come down through here. I want to tell you, our problem in America is there's not enough preaching. Godly preaching. Bible preaching. Real preaching. Strong preaching. Powerful preaching, spirit filled preaching, Holy Ghost and naughty preaching. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, glad to have you in the house of God today. We hope you enjoy the service and feel God's presence as we come to the house of the Lord today. I hope your soul is enlightened. And Fred Feller sitting on the back room. <laughs>
Are we there? Do you think we're going to stay there? Pretty sure of it. It's going to take you and me to keep us from getting there by the hand of God. I'm about as dead as dead can be sometimes. I get so, I get so dead that I feel like getting one of them little lighters and building a fire under me. But I want you to know Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now let's go back to verse 19. For it is written, God said, I will destroy, or Paul said it now, but he's, he's under the Spirit. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. That's another study I'm making. On wisdom. There's the wisdom of the world. There's the wisdom of man. There's the wisdom of God. There's the wisdom of Christ. There's the wisdom of the church. We can just give you title after title of the wisdom that we need to study. But here he says, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. Now we want to look at this. And I hope you'll understand this. I, I, I believe you'll see where we are. You know why the world's going to hell? It's not hearing the preaching. I do know this, and I preached it last week, that in the latter times, there would be a famine, not a famine for the uh, preaching the Word of God, but for the hearing the Word of God. But we also have a famine of the preaching. Of the word. You'd hear preaching all the time. Listen. I can name more sermons today that I would cut off and not listen to than I can name that I'd listen to. You just, if it says preacher and preaching, you click on it and you ain't going to learn nothing. If you do, it's going to take you in the wrong direction. You understand? But to find good, fundamental, strong, heartfelt, spirit-filled, powerful preaching from glory, which don't come from the pulpit, it comes from heaven. Amen. It's hard to find. Amen. A lot of preachers standing there today thinking they're preaching. And if you was a judge, you wouldn't know what they're doing. Yeah. Hear me? Now let's look at this. Verse 19 said, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Now I know you've read these things before, but can somebody tell me what the prudent is, you know? Sometimes we just don't stop to look them up. God said, I'll destroy the wisdom of the wise. Who's the wise? Well, the wise are what we call today uh, those who think they know something. I count them as educated people. Would you believe today that America's full of educated people? We've also got them coming out of high school that can't write their name and count to ten. But we've raised some up that are kind of wise. While we've got fellas and ladies today that's gone to college and they've done spent two or three years in college, and I'm not knocking nobody got in, in this church today that's been to college. I wish I could have went. Education's I like it. I ain't had enough of it. I'm still having to educate myself. 
Amen. I'm learning every day. Amen. You're learning. I'm learning every day. You said, how you know? Every time I learn, it'll tell you. Amen. I get hung up. I've done forgotten more than most of y'all have remembered. And I'm having to study that all over again. That makes sense? All right. So the wise are those who, what they consider themselves as educated. I know. Isn't it amazing? I told the class yesterday, the people that believe in evolution are usually considered educated intellectuals. Think about it. They can go to college three or four years and believe that man just fell out of a tree because his uh, tail broke off and he went to town and got him a suit and called him Seth and after he'd seen him in the mirror, I'm a man now. That's real smart. I mean, go to college and they get in college and get out of college and they say, oh, look here. I, I, I believe we this, it was just something, a big bang happened. And here we all happened. And the reason is we taught that to our kids for years and years and years. I mentioned this yesterday in our Sunday class, I mean in our Bible class, and I'll mention it again this morning. In schools, they don't teach that man was made by God. They took the Bible out. They're teaching a theory of evolution. And that's what they've been taught since they went to kindergarten. And you raise a crown. I wasn't. I was taught creation. Even in school. But now you ask a high school boy or girl. And they they either not interested in answering your question. If they believe you believe in creation. And they're not even answering that. But they, they got a lean toward evolution. Not you say, well, I don't. Well, I ain't talking to everybody. If the shoe fits, wear it. If it don't, just leave it off. Amen. Don't cramp your style. Don't cramp your foot. All right, listen. For it's written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. That's the people who think they know something. And will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Now the prudent, who's he? That and it's been taught. That who is well advised, that and it calls themselves smart, and they actually think they are wise. That's what the prudent is. Amen. And the Lord said, where is the wise? Through Paul. Where is the scribe? You know what a scribe is? He's one who pinned down the word. He's the one who was, uh, he was an intercessor in a sense between God and man to give him the word. There's other things he did. We won't give you that today. But where's the crime? Where's that that's supposed to know right? Where's that that can tell you the truth? Where is the disputer of the world? What's a disputer? Have you ever looked at these words like they are? Listen, you'll learn a lot just doing that. He said, where is a disputer? I've pastored disputers for years. Look up disputer. It means somebody who argues, debates, questions, opposes, and doubts. And I've preached to doubters. I've preached to those who oppose me. I've preached to those who's questioned me. 
I preach to those who debate me. I preach to those who've argued with me. Getting quiet again. Isn't it amazing when you hit a note you can tell you on the, on the down end of this thing. Now that don't scare me. That hadn't changed my appetite. I'll eat good when I get out of here. He said, where's the wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? We talked about the wisdom of the wise. There's the wisdom of the world. The world thinks it knows more about God than God knows. Matter of fact, the world gets itself to the place it thinks it is God. That's what's happened to our politicians. They think they're in charge of your life and everything about your life. That's why they're passing rules and regulations and they don't care whether you got a Bible or a God because they are the final authority. That's why people love Catholicism. The Pope is the final authority. That's what they think. He's not. He's nowhere near it. They call him the Pope. Well, God, I ain't never called him the Father. When I say something about the Father, I'm speaking to Christ through God or to God and the Holy Spirit. Listen, my Father is in heaven and everything's all right with my Father. My Father's not even the earthly daddy I had down here. The Bible said, call no man Father. Amen. Oh, you don't like that. We just celebrated Father's Day. I suppose you're celebrating God the Father. Amen. You want to slice the Word of God your way? Help yourself. But he says here, God made foolish the wisdom of the world. He made foolish. Now in verse 20 he says, For after that in the wisdom of God, there it is again, the world by wisdom, so the world wisdom is there mentioned, Knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness, the silliness of preaching to save them that believe. Whether you like it or don't, God has chosen what I'm doing this morning to save men and women. Amen. And you'll have an opportunity to get right with God under the preaching of the Word of God. Now, somebody said, Preacher, I got saved. Now, I wasn't under preaching when I got saved. Would you raise your hand? Okay. Go ahead. Raise it up. I want to I make a point here. Go ahead. Raise it up. One, two. Uh, you wasn't under preaching. Well, let me just back up a minute and change your mind for you. Had you ever heard any preaching before that day? How many of you have? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh-huh. You wasn't under preaching right then. But somebody had already preached to you and got your attention. And down the road, that preaching had sunk in. It might not have sunk in that day you heard it, but it sunk in later. Amen. Did that change your philosophy? (laughs) Amen. Faith come by hearing... Hearing by the Word of God. How do you hear? How can they hear without a preacher? How can they preach lest they be sent? <laughs> Amen. 
So God has chosen through the foolishness of preaching. Now, I will tell you this one thing to show you that I'm not so stupid as you think I am. God will let you know that if you hadn't heard the preaching, like if you was in a Congo somewhere where you never met nobody and you was all by yourself and there wasn't no such a preacher around and you didn't have the Bible or nothing else, God will just let you know by the sun coming up in the morning and the moon coming up at night and the stars are flickering in the sky and the weather and everything happening, the winds are blowing and everything. You said, well, what's that? Now God's preaching. Amen. Amen. It's got to be through preaching of the Word. You said, that ain't the Word. When the st- That's the Word of God. God said He put the sun in the sky. Now somebody said, preacher, you're just getting a little fanatic. Leave me alone, please. I'm having a time of my life and I'm preaching right and you just ain't comprehended that yet. You just keep listening and it'll, it'll strike. You'll be like the old prodigal boy was down there at the hog lot. I smell slop. Smells good. Oh, I, I'm so hungry. I could eat the husk. I could eat the slop. Now move, big boy. I, I'm hungry. No. Bible said it came to himself. He came to himself. And all of a sudden, before he got into the slop yard, he'd recognize that the father's hired servants had more than he had. And all I've got to do is just go back to my father, and my father will let me eat at the yeah. table. Amen. Well, did he do that? Yeah. Did he eat at the table? Yeah. Did everything work out? That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. He'll do it every time. Huh? Yeah. Amen. Amen. God, isn't God good? Amen. Ain't we having fun? Amen. Now let's go. Let's look at something else. He said, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching, the silliness of it, uh, the, the wildness of it, uh, the craziness of it. Somebody said, I preach it crazy. I, a fella said he goes to church, he, he believed in being dignified when he went to church. I'd come in that day on work and I told him, I said, you know, we had a service last night. We had a knockdown and tire, a tire down meeting, knockout and tire down meeting. He said, what? What's that? You be, y'all got in the fight? I said, no. Holy Ghost got all over us, and we was just shouting and praising God and having a good in a Baptist church. Yeah, in a Baptist church. I'm not Pentecostal, except when I get happy. <laughs> I don't speak in tongues. Don't believe in women preachers. I don't believe in losing my salvation. I believe the Bible. Hey, by the way, I get happy. Been doing it for years. Ask every church I've ever been to. They think I've been crazy. They're glad to get rid of me. Some of them were. And y'all be going, glad I'm going too. But listen. Amen. Some of you might. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But listen, uh, I've looked at these things and I've seen it. And guess what? They say he's a crazy man. Been called a crazy man. Been called everything. Said he uh, does all these things. And well, yeah, I do it. But I get excited. I like what I'm doing. I love what I believe. 
It's the only thing that's ever got a hold of me and changed me from the top of my head to the bottom of my foot. I'm not what I used to be. Thank God. I'm happy. I'm not just happy on, on the outside. I'm happy on the inside. Sometimes I punch the outside to make sure it catches up. But I'm telling you, I'm happy on the inside. All right. And guess what? See, my time's about got me. I don't know. Almost. But it says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It pleases God for preachers to preach. God loves preaching. That's why he calls preachers. But he ain't called every preacher that's so-called in the pulpit. More of them's not called than what are called. Amen. You said preacher, is there probably eight or ten preachers across the country uh, that's preaching uh, out of the will of God and not being called? Oh, you got the thing turned around backwards, ladies and gentlemen. There's more of them out there that's not preaching and not called of God than are. I don't know the percentage. The Bible said in verse 22, for the Jews require a sign. Look at that. God's going to show you the difference between a Jew and a Gentile. All the Old Testament was Jew. Mostly had some Gentiles involved. The New, the New Testament and the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we have Gentiles and Jews, and the Jews are prominent in the church for a while. And then it became Jews and Gentiles when the Gentiles got in through Cornelius in chapter 10 of Acts. Then we find that the church is a mixture of Jews and Gentiles. And then basically, as it went into all parts of the world, the church became basically Gentiles with a few Jews. And that's where we are today. And so the Greeks, Greeks and Gentiles, that's what he's talking about. But the Jews require a sign. You remember when they walked on the earth with Jesus, they said, show us a sign. He said there be no sign given but John and the prophet. Whereas three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so must the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. Now Gentiles have tried to follow suit and they want signs too. Give us a sign if you're coming. Matter of fact, the Jews said that in Matthew 24. But Gentiles are not known for signs, basically. Amen. Jews like the sign. Matter of fact, some ain't going to believe it unless they see it. But look what he says about the Gentiles. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. The Gentiles don't need particularly signs. They want wisdom. In other words, the Jew wants some show. He wants some proof. But the Gentiles want you to explain it scientifically. Dot the I's and cross the T's and give it to us just like it is. But they want it according to man's wisdom and not according to God's wisdom. Then Paul says, but we preach Christ crucified. That's not what the world's looking for today. They're not looking for a Christ that went to the cross, died, went to the grave and arose and looking to Christ that ascended back into heaven. 
They want something else. They want something that makes them feel good. They want them to see, hey, they'd rather have a preacher preach baptism because they have part in their own salvation. But I got to tell you, salvation is of the Lord. You said, but I, I got saved. I, I got myself saved. Well, I tell you what, I, 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 I admire you. But I got news for you. You didn't get saved that way. You know how I got saved? All I had to give God anyhow is an old wicked, hell-bent, hell-bound, ungodly, lost forever, no good, no, no good for anything, sinner. I didn't even have a good sinner to present him. I was a bad sinner. Somebody said, you mean there's good sinners? I've talked to people I think they thought they were. I was a bad sinner. All I had was a bad sinner to give you. You said, what about a bank account? He wasn't looking for a bank account. And I didn't have one. You said, he's looking for good church members. I, I wasn't even a good church member. And he wasn't looking for one. You said, what does it require? He was just requiring sinners. And he said about the sinners and all, uh, you know, that come to him, he would in no wise cast out. He said, I'm looking for sinners. He came into the world to seek and to say that which was. Wow. Say it loud. Wow. Amen. That's right. Is a sinner a lost person? Yeah. yeah. Hallelujah. Ain't the Bible simple? Yeah. Praise God for the Word of God. Woo. So I presented an old sinner. And I brought it up. If I went to that altar that day when that preacher got through preaching and preached me under conviction, a fellow told me the other day, he said, well, every time I went to church and heard preachers preach, I thought they was just... Uh, I, was, I was the only one there and they was just telling me how bad I was. And I'm just sniggering to myself and saying, yeah, that's exactly what God was doing. That's what he done to me. And I walked down that aisle and bowed that altar. I said, God save me. He said, oh, uh, that old preacher laid his hands on me. He opened the Word of God and read to me. And if it hadn't been that preacher, I wouldn't have been saved. Let me tell you something. That preacher, all he done is presented the Word. What did he do when he presented the Word? You know, when I got saved, I sat about on the second row of, of Return Baptist Church over yonder, right where Brother Shane's sitting. On the edge. I don't know why I got on the edge. I, I didn't like sit on in the middle. I was sitting on the edge, and that morning I went to church just like anybody else would go to church, and he got to preaching. He's a kind of a soft soap preacher. He was, he was, he's good at what he preached and done. But the Word of God's what got me. It wasn't that preacher. And I realized I was on my way to hell and I thought I, he is preaching to me and I, he gave me the whole load. And I got up out of my seat that morning. I thought to turn left and go out the door and I get out of this mess. But something got a hold of my right foot and turned it to the right. And I went to the altar, and that preacher's coming down there. 
with his Bible. And I guess he's going to try to scoop me up out of hell and put me over in glory or something. And I'm not knocking that. I appreciate any preacher who tries to help somebody. But he looked at me and I said, I'm lost. He said, you know what to do. And after that, I don't know what in the world he said. I just said, oh, God, save me. Oh, God, save me. You know how come I done that? I had an old sinner on its knees, and it was me. And all I had to offer him was an old sinner that didn't know how to save himself. And all I needed to get saved then was for somebody to present me to a Savior. I knew it wasn't a preacher. I knew it wasn't a church. I knew it wasn't baptism. But he'd already preached Christ and I recognized he preached him as the Savior who died on the cross of Calvary and took my place and therefore he presented me with a Savior. Amen. And all you need for salvation is a sinner and a Savior. Amen. Now I could go in detail and tell you what kind of sinner you need to be and what kind of Savior you need to have. And I'll show you, you'll fit the sinner's bill and Christ will fit the Savior's bill. And that little old day I got up, that preacher looked over me and said, well, what do you think? And I, I looked at him and I said, I got it. He said, you want to tell the church what, what happened? And I looked over and I said, I was bashful. I was a bashful boy. I said, I'm saved. I think they thought I was going to preach a sermon. <laughs> but I went out that door today, that day, been saved ever since. God took a lot of that bashfulness out of me. He's working on the rest of it. Amen. I get to glory. You ain't never seen no shouting like you're going to see then. I shout a lot down here. Boy, wait till I get to glory. You'll probably move over on the other side. <laughs> you understand? Now, I want to show you something else. I'm going to skip a few verses here because you see right now I'm not going to be able to get nowhere. But there are some things I want to look at. Verse 26. Have you ever looked at the not many's? You say, the what? I'm going to do another study on not many's. N-O-T, many's. M-A-N-Y-S. Look with me please to verse number 26. It said, For ye see your calling, brethren. He's talking to the saints of God. How that not many wise men after the flesh now you can read this this way without changing the word of God. Not many mighty men after the flesh. And thirdly, not many mighty men. Amen. He says, or not, I read it again. Not many noble men after the flesh are called. I didn't add to the word. It's already said up there. And so he just, just kept it going. So we got to not many wise men, not many mighty, not many noble. 
And if you'll start your Bible, you'll see there's a lot of them in there. And you're going to be hearing more of that because I'm going to be preaching it. If it's in the book, I like to preach it. Amen. If I find it in the Bible, I'm going to preach it. You know why? Why should you do it? Why should I not? God said, preach the catalog. Amen. Preach the word. I've already got a heavenly authority on it. If it's in there, amen. You said, what can you preach on? Well, up there, verse number 18, 4. Now, you preach a long time on 4, F-O-R. Half of you get bored before I got through, but we can preach on it. You hear me? Now, I hope today has helped you to understand the importance of preaching of the Word of God. Verse 30 said, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. And that's enough to choke Baptists for lunch. Now that's what preaching will do for you. It'll make you wise. It'll make you righteous. It'll make you sanctified. And it'll make you redeemed. Heads bowed. Father, I pray you speak as they're coming to the instruments. I pray you'll speak to hearts and lives. I pray for those today you've dealt with in their soul. I pray, God, that you're today in, in the control of every bit of their lives till they'll give you their heart. Lord, we didn't preach here this morning to inform at the place of getting recognition, but we preached Christ and Him crucified. Lord, we believe today that we all need to be birthed into the family of God to get into heaven. You've told us that. And if there's one under the sound of our voice today that's not saved, you'll save them for Christ's sake today. Help us to understand the things of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand.